What? You are listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there from 1962, Teddy Tanaka with Here Is Happiness from the Hawaiian Islands. Rest in peace, Teddy Tanaka. Today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, Nardwar versus Nardwar. Yes, an interview with Nardwar, me, Nardwar the Human Serviette. Now let's go right to hell back to right to hell back to April the twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five, when I was approached by the C. B.C. This is Nardwar versus Nardwar, April the 25th, 1995 on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. My next guest is a broadcast journalist, but he does things a little bit differently, as you shall hear. His list of interviews is impressive. The list includes Pierre Trudeau, Mikhail Gorbachev. 
Timothy Leary, a whole host of rock stars, and I think it's safe to say these people are not likely to forget their encounter with Nardwar, the human serviette. His most recent victim was Dan Quayle, former U.S. Vice President. Well, we're going to have some fun this evening. I'm going to uh, I'm going to speak for oh, 20, 30 minutes or so, and then we've got uh, a couple microphones I see on, on, over here and over there, and you can take this conversation wherever you want to. Hi, Mr. Quill. Who's the Prime Minister of Canada? Prime, Prime Minister of Canada we just had the uh, President uh, Clinton up there for a uh, address, and uh, it's one thing that George Bush didn't do. Mulroney did not invite him up, but you now have a new Prime Minister of Canada. Hi, Mr. Quill. Who's the Prime Minister of Canada? Prime, Prime Minister of Canada we just had the uh, President uh, Clinton up there for a uh, address, and uh, it's one thing that George Bush didn't do. Mulroney did not invite him up, but you now have a new Prime Minister of Canada. Hi, Mr. Quill. Who's the Prime Minister of Canada? Prime, Prime Minister of Canada we just had the uh, President uh, Clinton up there for a uh, address, and uh, it's one thing that George Bush didn't do. Mulroney did not invite him up, but you now have a new Prime Minister of Canada. Former U.S. Vice President Dan Quayle. Uh, I can't imagine why he would be evading that question, so you've got to figure he didn't know the answer. He didn't know who the Canadian Prime Minister is. The interviewer in that situation was Nardwar, the human serviette. He hosts a uh, Friday afternoon radio show out at UBC. He does this kind of guerrilla broadcast journalism all the time. He's with me now. Hello, sir. Hello, Evan. We could hear Dan squirming. We couldn't see the look on his face. Uh, what was... Uh, going through his alleged mind at the time, do you figure? I think he was just giving one of those trained vice presidential answers that they're all trained to give. I just wish I had a chance for a follow-up, but those kind of security guys whisked me out of the way so I didn't get a chance to actually do it. But he looked totally miffed was making that actual answer. A lot of people have alluded, said I should ask them, you know, saying, oh, Canada. Did you put him at ease with a couple of normal questions, say about Canadian-American relations, and then hit him with the zinger, or did you just go straight with the uh, the trivial pursuits question? Well, actually, we should set this up. This was at Shoreline Community College in Shoreline, Washington, at a book signing. There was earlier there a chance to ask questions. He did a lecture and then a book signing, but of course, I didn't get to the lineup quick enough. There were so many people in front of me just going, "All right, Dan Cole." He actually got a standing <clears throat> excuse me. He actually got a standing ovation, by the way, as he walked into the room. There, of course, I gave a standing ovation there too. I I've learned a bit of things about doing interviews. Like when it used to be, I would not ever give Dan Quayle a standing ovation, but now just to look normal, you know, you kind of stand up and giving a standing ovation. And then afterwards, had a book. He was doing the book signing, so I only had a chance for like one quick question. And I was thinking of like what quick question could I ask him? I was going to ask him something more in depth or more detail, you know, kind of about invasion of Canada or something like that. But I didn't get a chance to, so I thought I'd just ask him about who is the Prime Minister of Canada, and that's the way he answered. But I only had like one quick, you know, question. Like he was sitting down, and I kind of pu pushed the mic in his face, and then the security guy. I pushed my friend away because we were also videotaping this and then the security guys also threw a whole bunch of papers in our face which was kind of scary but this was at a book signing and um, it was the book signing was a total disaster they were handing out cookies because people were upset because there were no books there to sign and it was just ramshackle but there were a lot of security guards around I don't think there were any secret service but there were a lot of guys with mustaches and like cowboy hats with guns in their pockets you had a piece of, uh, well, you still got it. You've got a piece of, of what could be fairly valuable audio tape. You're showing the former vice president of the United States, a man who 
you've got to wonder if he isn't still contemplating a run at the presidency in 96. You've got this guy admitting that he Actually, doesn't I know. I think he said he's out of it for 96. He did say he he's out of it, yeah. but if he's flogging books in, uh, in Actually, suburban who knows? Seattle. came back. Yeah, who I, knows? Yeah, yeah, you don't really want to count him out just yet. Did you try and sell that tape to CBC, CNN, Primetime News, or any of the major broadcasting outlets in the United States? Because you'd think, unless they're not all that... Uh, interested in, in uh, admitting their own vice president's uh, ignorance. Did you try and sell this tape is what I'm getting at. Well, first at. I looked at I thought, this is nothing. But then a couple of friends of mine, so I was eating some wings in the Wing Dome place in Seattle, Washington. I was kind of thinking, well, I should just try to, you know, this, you know, you know phone up BCTV or CBC. So I gave it to the CBC to not just another 22 minutes. Oh, this hour is 22 minutes. No, not, not just another 9 o'clock news. Oh, the one of those Whatever. places. But nobody cares. Like, I'm surprised that you care. Did that shock you? Dan Quill, the vice president, doesn't know the prime minister of Canada. Nobody cares. I've been trying to, like, you know, flaunt this around thing. Like, all right, I got something hot. I got, like, the potato thing. Like, we'll give it to CNN. We'll give it to BCTV. You know, we'll, we'll flood the country with it. People are just like, yeah, right, whatever. Nobody cares. Nobody cares in this country. And that's the whole thing. Nobody cares to ask questions. And nobody cares about the consequences. of Everybody's just lazy. Get out there. Go attack those people. Get some interesting information out there. My turn. When you go to these press conferences and uh, you ask a question that none of the other journalists dared to ask, thought to ask, or bothered to ask, how did they react? Because I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them, a lot of the journalists kind of wished you didn't appear at these things as well. Well, you know how they react? You're not a standard member of the Fifth Estate. They let me get away with it for the first time, but on the second time, they do not let it happen. For instance, for the clipper about the play in a couple seconds, I did an encounter with Mikhail Gorbachev. Let's just skip that for a second. Let's just skip that for a second. So I just encounter with Mikhail Gorbachev. That's a question. Two weeks later, what happened? It was the Clinton-Yeltsin summit in Vancouver. I'm in the lineup to interview Bill Clinton. You know, they have a big lineup where they search all reporters and they run through that electric radar thing to make sure you're not having any guns, etc. Mm -hmm. So I was in the big lineup, all waiting to ask a question for Clinton. I was five minutes away. This is two weeks after. Two weeks after the Gorbachev thing. I'm sitting in a lineup there. Already, oh, all right, I'm gonna ask, ask Clinton a question. That's really great. And then members of the media walked by with a guy from the Vancouver police and said, Yep, that's the guy. And they took me out and I was kicked out right then and there. And I said, Why are you kicking me out? What am I doing? I mean, there's protesters in a rubber rafts, like running in front of Yeltsin's boat when he was getting a tour <laughs> around the Vancouver Harbor. Like they could have had harpoons with torpedoes and stuff spitting on him, etc. And there I am gonna ask a question. They kicked me out because they they believed I was going to cause a massive disturbance. So the rest of the media, just, they kind of have fun. They let me ask my question, and then they nail me. So I guess I kind of enjoy being a whipping post. I kind of enjoy that they kind of, I like being persecuted in that respect. Like I ask my question, and it's kind of fun trying to evade them. Like, I tried to, like, dress differently, etc. But I was five minutes away from asking Clinton a question. And what should happen? They took me away. They kicked me right out of there. I was up at, like, 5 a.m. in the morning. There were submachine guns everywhere. It was disgusting. And what was I going to do? Ask a question. All because they believed it was going to cause a massive Massive disturbance, all because I asked a question to Gorbachev the week before at a press conference, which went something like. Wait a second! Like, Wait a second! Before like we this. hear the Gorbachev clip, what were you going to ask Bill Clinton? I hadn't actually thought of it at that time. I was just going to think it up. Usually, I just kind of whip it up out of my head. And I think there's a certain honor in being kicked out of a press conference by other members of the media. Oh yeah, you sure. You can dine out on that for a while. You all, well, you even get little stories like this. Okay, on we're going to hear it, what you asked Gorbachev. Conference at Science World, a reporter from UBC's CITR radio who was wearing a toque threw an oddball question at Gorbachev. Go ahead. Oh, okay, Narcor from CITR radio. First off, Dershne Rockin Uslabodny Svet. What is this? 
question. <laughs> that was keep on rocking in a free world in Russia. Uh -huh. And I was also wondering, of all the political figures that like Smith, Dr. Gorbachev has encountered, who has the largest pants? Thank you very much. Gorbachev took the nonsense in stride, looking a little confused and a little bemused. The man was questioned by the RCMP, but appears to have been properly accredited for the news conference. What do you think happened to the person who properly accredited you to that conference? Do you think they're still gainfully employed in that line of work? I have no idea what happened. Actually, I don't think anything happened to them. What did the RCMP? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> what I don't understand is, like, they, they properly accredited me, and then I pro the thing of, you see, you're talking about how the media, how does the media react to asking these questions. I asked that question to Gorbachev, then I, I applied two weeks later to get in the Clinton thing, and I get in. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in there. I'm in the Clinton thing. I'm asking a question to Clinton. Yeah! Actually, and I'm kind of stupid because I'm, like, bragging the members of the media, hey, I'm the guy that asked that question to Gorbachev. I, you know, just trying to be, like, a cool guy. That was kind of stupid. You weren't drawing attention to is, yourself, were you? Is, I don't understand. How come I was let in? How come I was, no I wasn't, how come I was let in to the press conference for Clinton if they thought I was going to cause trouble? I guess they're kind of leading on, leading on, and they took me away right at last minute. So it was kind of disappointing. And so I guess Clinton is still on my want list for being able to want to talk to him. Will he ever come to back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? I'm not sure, because our track record, you know, of presidents coming through Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada isn't too good. Like, with what's happening to Clinton now, look what happened to Harding, or when he passed through Vancouver, things aren't looking too good. So, Bill, good luck. I think he might come back. I'm not sure you scared him off forever. What did the RCMP have to ask you in this incident? What did they want to know? Well, the RCMP was like, who are you? What are you doing there? Gee, you're from university. Do you ask those questions in university? Actually, my friend said, after you asked the question, my friend Lloyd from CITR said, after you asked the question, I'll meet you in the parking lot. I'm like, well, why would you have to meet me in the parking lot? He goes, look, after you ask the question, <laughs> just I'll meet you in the parking lot. I'm like, what's going to be the problem after? So I should have just run out of the building. But instead, after I asked the question, I'm like just wandering around looking for my toque. And then they came up to me. It was this horrible experience. And then actually at the clinic thing, these, like these Russian Canadian guys just kicked me out. Oh, like, what was I doing wrong? You're listening to Gabbro 9210 and Suke McChosen with your host, filling in for Gabbro Evans. Do you go into these uh, these interview uh, sessions prepared, or are you sort of uh, winging it? Some I wing, but some take a lot, a lot of preparation, totally, like running down and finding out information about stuff. I do not have the clip right here, but when I talked to Alice Cooper, I had like, you know, two, you know, you know how much I've been able to talk to Alice Cooper. He started out in the 1960s in a band called The Spiders, you know, a 1960s punk psychedelic band. Not too much has been written about that, I wanted to ask him about that. You know, I wanted to ask him about playing in a place called Hidden Valley, B.C., where, like, you know, he was beating chickens and how the RCMP, not the RCMP, sorry, the, the Harley-Davidson guys were the security, the Harley, the... the Easily Hell, confused. The, yeah, the Hells Angels guys, yeah, were making the audience members neck with dogs. They were making audience members neck with dogs. I was going to ask him about this incident. I was going to ask him about the incident about the spiders, but all I talked to him about was, at the beginning of the interview, was I like, so, um, do you ever hang out with your old um, golfing buddies, Peter Falk and, like, Jane Fonda? And he just goes, click. Because I didn't know you're not supposed to ask a question to Alice Cooper about golf. If you ask a question to Alice Cooper about golf, he hung up. And I had like two pages worth of stuff to ask him. And if you're listening, Neil Young, please, I want to talk to you. You're in the Squires in 1964. The Squires, the Squires, the Squires, Winnipeg 64. On the great Canadian shield where the bear and the bison blow, there once was a man named Neil. He used to be a squire. Aurora, back with the Sultan, was such a great song. Better than Dinosaur Jr. ever covered. Winnipeg 64. Winnipeg 64. Winnipeg 64. Winnipeg 64.
before. He played Sawcocks, Armories, and Legions with such nest. Come on, guy, you know Squires were the best. Win a big 64. Win a big 64. Win a big 64. Win a big 64. Hey, Neil, you know, Pierre Burton once had you on his knee. Neil, Neil, knee. You know, Pierre Burton, a 54-year-old, or 64-year-old, or 75-year-old, or 84-year-old Canadian. Your dad wrote sports for the Globe and Mail. Rick James may have played with you in the minor birds, but you know that Chuck of the band of Young Fresh Tales, and of course, Scotty Young Fresh Tales, is now playing guitar for R.E.M. Once met you at a urinal in Katati, Winnipeg 64, Winnipeg 64, Winnipeg 64. Were you really a Reagan supporter 80? That's no, my you questions are. to Neil Young. Please, Neil Young. Please, you're from Winnipeg, Canada. Please get off your ranch. Please, that's on my want list. Okay. It was just, I hate getting beaten up. It really hurts. My turn again. Tell me about the name, Nardwar the Human Serviette. I'm sure your parents didn't give you that name. Um, Nardwar the Human Serviette. Nardwar like Sting. Nardwar like Sting. Human because of cramps. I have a song called Human Fly, so, you know, human, and serviette, because United States of America, they don't have serviettes, they have napkins, so when clam chowder drips down your chin, what do you wipe it with? A serviette, not a napkin, so Nardwar, the human serviette, that's a dumb, stupid name, just like Sting. Not the most attractive of images. Uh, have you, you've been hosting a show now for, uh, what? Since 87? 87, 1987, September of 1987, in September of 1986, I joined CITR Radio, so it's every Friday at 3.30, and if anybody wants to be on a Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, it's area code 604-822-3017, that's area code 604-822-3017, anybody can be on a Nardwar, the human serviette radio show, or anybody can join CITR Radio if they want, hello, Brian Weezer. You've been doing this eight years, you have an incredible list of, uh, interviews over those eight years, have you ever in your wildest dreams, your darkest moments, considered applying for a job at the CBC or the Vancouver Sun or the Globe and Mail or any of those mainstream media outlets where you'll actually make a living salary as a broadcast journalist. Well, I'm kind of happy at CITR getting paid part-time to give people tours at the station. Although I've sent away tapes, but most people aren't interested at all. They just send it back to me because they're just not interested in that type of stuff. But you just keep plugging away and you hope sometime that you'll be able to meet Neil Young and then you'll be able to die. That's all I'm kind of looking forward to is meeting Neil Young and then dying a happy life. We've got one other piece of tape that you've brought in. Timothy Leary. Set up the uh, set up the uh, the interview session for me, please. Set up the clip there. Yeah. Well, Evan Evan Stewart, you're listening here to Evan Stewart live on Gabbro Fillin. Gabbro's in England right now, but Evan's taking the reins. Well, this right here is an interview with um, a clip of an interview with Timothy Leary. Again, I did not ask. You, you, you wonder about like, what questions I feel bad I didn't ask people. I should have asked. Actually, somebody said I should have asked Quail if he could sing O Canada. That would have been a lot more fun. I think that would have been a no. Uh, what, what do you think you just would have gone nowhere, wouldn't even try it. But um, Timothy Leary, there's a question here I posed to Timothy Leary. But what I should ask Timothy Leary was, apparently, he's involved or he worked for the CIA. And in some respects, he lived in Vancouver in, for a little bit with the Johnny Appleseeds of LSD. There's a big LSD connection between Vancouver and L.A., and Timothy Leary is part of this. He was an agent provocateur, and I was trying to, you know, push these questions to him, but he just looked so pathetic and looked like he was dying. So I decided to ask this instead. Well, you know what, uh, Nardwar? I have exhausted my line of questioning. We will listen to Timothy Leary. Uh, but first, let's, uh, oh, use your, let's use your signature sign-off. And I want to do it, though. Is that okay? Oh, sure. Doot, diddle, you, doot. Okay, here's something simple, finally, winding up here, Timothy Leary. Do the guys with LSD get the most chicks? The vulgar assertedness of that question 
is Mia is Olympic. Getting chicks. I mean, what does that mean, getting chicks? I mean, that is a very vulgar uh, 50s term. Man, you are out of it. You really are out of it. Oh, great. Thanks so much, Timothy Leary, and doot doot loot do Me too. <laughs> <laughs> And you're still listening to CITR F-102 and the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard a bit of Nardwar versus Nardwar from April the 25th, 1995. But let's hear some, well, um, maybe there isn't a butt involved. Let's hear some more Nardwar versus Nardwar. And this is Nardwar on CBC Nightlines in 1996 with David Wisdom. Your mohawk, though, Lars, it's, it's a more friendly type, isn't it? <laughs> Was like you can come up and pet it or something? Well, I mean, like, I was always scared by, like, pointy mohawks than bushy ones. You know, pointy ones, they really have that mean look. But your mohawk, Lars of Rancid, is really nice. Why, <laughs> why, why is yours that way? <laughs> How did you get a job, man? <laughs> You're hella funny. Well, why? why uh, are you sure you're in the right business because the comedy stuff? <laughs> You're awesome. I love you. Well, love thank you, you Lars of Rancid. Uh, no, this is, this is funny. Who killed the Mohawk, do you think, Lars? Who killed <laughs> it? I blame it on the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. You can blame whoever you want. I don't think the Mohawk... <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so for years... Bill, I've heard the rumor that Disney faked the moon landing. I've heard this rumor that Disney faked the moon landing. Now you're here, Mr. Casing, to prove it's true, aren't you? REM saying, if you believe they put a man on the moon, you're here to prove it, aren't you, Mr. Casing? I'm here to prove that no man has ever landed on the moon. When you broke into the movie scene, well, like you said, in like 1977, you started acting, but, you know, around 1983, your filmography seems to start up, at least in the stuff we've been faxed here. Right. Who were your contemporaries around that time? Who were the people that acted with you, the people that your age, and what are they up to now? <laughs> well, uh, uh, 
You know, like those at Hollywood Brat Pack, Rat Pack, etc. What are your contemporaries up to? And, you know, how have your careers paralleled with them? <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I, I, it's funny because I've, I've never really, I, I've never really felt um, that I've gotten into, it's hard for me, I mean, you can, I can consider certain people contemporary by my my age, by by being the exact same. That's what I mean. Like you showed up in an edition. For instance, like you were in that movie High School USA, weren't you? Yeah. Like Todd Bridges was in there, <laughs> I know. and Nancy McEwen or whatever her name was. <laughs> like you know how like those are kind of contemporaries of yours. How's your you know career parallel those? Because I would say you've done pretty well compared to them. Well, I mean, you the thing is, is you can always compare yourself to somebody, and you you can you can make yourself feel kind of. T- terrible or great by doing so but i i think it's better to just kind of you know figure out what what it is that you're wanting to try to do <laughs> and again you are Stuart Faison um who put out the one life who you you're the one that originated the one life formula no i didn't originate it it was given to me by an old scientist in 1961 he wrote down the exact formula on a napkin and a we, simp- we simply had it produced by a modern laboratory in Oregon, produces the formula, which is nothing more or less than, a, than an advanced antioxidant vitamin mineral formula in a base of echinacea and odorless garlic. Do you guys still wear spandex at all? Uh, only when we go to bed, but uh, you know, not on stage anymore. When did that stop? Um, I don't know, really. Probably when we grew out of them, I suppose it probably uh, you know, got too big for them. Do you think the seams and stuff? Do you think long hair is necessary for Iron Maiden? You know, I personally love the kind of golden page boy locks that Iron Maiden have personified over the years. What do you think about those? Um, I don't know. I suppose I'd love, I'd love it all off if I got fed up with it, really. But you know, I don't think it's necessary. But because uh... Jill, you love long hair, don't oh, you? Oh, long band? hair rocks. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. It just—it just—it's not really the hair that makes the band. It's—it's it's the band that makes the band. But it the looks. Band that makes the hair. Yeah. It, it looks great. When I also think of Iron Maiden, and we're speaking here to Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, when I think of Iron Maiden, I kind of think of that, you know, that page boy medieval haircut thing. Do you collect anything ancient, you know, like swords or castles? Um, yeah, I've got a few castles and a few swords, yeah. Whereabouts? Really, please elaborate. <laughs> Toy ones, of course, yeah. Because saying you met Hitler in 1967, that's going to write off a lot of people, isn't it? Well, I'm not the only one. I've run across other people, prominent people, who've said the same thing. Right. So, uh, I mean, your uh, whole argument seems credible, but then when I tell people your argument, they say, oh, he met Hitler in 67? Well, look, or do you look, wonder how old you are? I'll, think t- I'll tell you some more people I met, and, and, uh, and, and you're going to disbelieve this, but Go this on. has been documented. The people who, live across the, who lived across the street from me when I was a kid were the descendants of Frank James. Okay, In 1947, they had a get-together, and at that get-together, it's just a family get-together for the 4th of July, <laughs> was Jesse James, Frank James, and Brushy Bill Roberts, also known as Billy the Kid. This is the guy. This is the guy that believes on July 5th, 1998, there's going to be the alien invasion. He seems really credible with all the stuff. And then he says he met Hitler in 1967 at a World's Fair, and Hitler was only disguised by a beard. Ava Braun looked exactly the same. Actually, no, apparently, you know, Hitler had a beard, but he had shaved his, you know, his his type thing. And before that, we just heard a bit of Iron Maiden, yes, of course, right in to win Discorder Magazine's Metal Supplement, talking how metal, all these bands have gone from metal to punk, and some, like Warrant, have remained true and Danger Danger. And before that, also was 
with Stuart Faison, this guy with this, you know, this kind of legendary formula. And Crispin Glover was that um, uh, person talking about Todd Bridges. Bill Casing was a guy who believed that moon landing was completely faked. Point your telescopes at the moon, Hubble telescope. Point them at the moon. You won't see no stuff on the moon there. Y any pictures you see of the moon, there are no stars in those pictures. It's all been faked. And we began with Lars of Rancid. Thank you for letting me be on this hour of power. And we're going to end here, David Wisdom, with Danger, Danger. Like, you know what I was saying? Like, a lot of punk, a lot of metal bands try to have gone punk. punk. Well, Danger, Danger never went punk. And we interviewed them. They tried to go rap. And this is their rap song. Thank Danger, you, Nardwar. Danger's rap the human song. serviette. He'll be back and, and, next and year. listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And you just heard me, Nardwar, the human serviette, talking about Neil Young's first band, The Squires, Winnipeg, 1964. And before that, an interview on Nightlines, where I played a whole bunch of clips that had appeared on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette radio show, and that was from 1996. And we began with me on the CBC in 1995, April the 25th, Nardwar versus Nardwar. Here, right now, is me, Nardwar the Human Serviette, on Brave New Waves, May 19th, 1992. May 19th, 1992. And to ease us into that era, here are the smugglers doing She's Got Every 
thing on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Nardwar versus Nardwar, moderated by Brent Bambury. From the Nardwar International Class Clash of the Century record, that is, what is that, Nardwar? What did we just listen to? That was the smuggler. That's she the got smuggler. everything. <laughs> and that's Brent Bambury <laughs> talking to Brent Bambury. Or Brent Bambury's talking to me, Nardwar well, to Human Serviette. Now, people know who I am because they're listening to my show, all right? So let me, let me tell them who you are. Nardwar, the Human Serviette, has interviewed Gerald Ford. He's been kicked out of the Junos for knowing too much. And he is the king of teen zit angst fringe type bands, and he's with us tonight in Vancouver. And do I call you Nardwar or do I call you Mr. Serviette? Um, Nardwar's fine, Brent Bambury. Thank you. It's well, you really can call ex- me 
<laughs> it's really exciting to speak to you, I must say, because it, lately, you know, with the new Clam Chur Nice versus Big Macs and Vomers Canada versus USA Battle of the Band Records, right. I've been like rapping a lot in my basement. Every night, you'll get a couple of the cardboard mailers, steal them from CITR Radio, yeah. go down to my basement and rap the records. And I sit there listening to Brave New Waves. So I was rapping the rap records over and over again, listening to some great interviews. And I must say, like right now, for people listening, we're not in the same room together, are no, we? No, no, I, I can't even tell you what you're wearing. Tell it, me what you're wearing, it, for God's sake. It sounds so clear. Well, I'm wearing a nice shirt. It sounds very, very crystal clear, like where we are right now. We're not in the same room together. It's so excellent. Like one time I heard you had like iced tea on, and the line was so crystal clear. It was unbelievable. I know, like, I and know. you had like Bratmobile, and so all these people, I'm rapping records downstairs, and, I was, and all these bands come into my living room th or my basement downstairs, and I was rapping a record for you, Brent Bambury, for the CBC. I mailed it off, and next thing you know, I'm rapping more records, and I hear my record getting played on the radio. That you're going to encourage all kinds of bad behavior if you tell people that. I mean, everyone's going to be sending oh, you their well, record. Oh, I don't yeah. mean that. I mean, this, like, isn't that weird? Like, here I was rapping it, and then it went all the way to Montreal, and it came back all the way down through Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, down to the basement house, through my radio, and to me, like, my record went all in that huge circle right back to me. And so it's a pleasure to be on Brave New Waves with you, Brent Bambury, at 105.7 in Vancouver, as Dave Wisdom said. It's only 105.7 FM in Vancouver. That's right. It's not, it's not at 105.7 the rest of the world. But, but that's what you hear us in Vancouver, and I'm glad that you heard me play your record, and it's a, it's a pretty good record, Nardwar. Well, thank you very much for complimenting me <laughs> on it. I appreciate listen, that. Listen, tell me about The Evaporators. Tell me about your band. My fun rock and roll band, yeah. The Evaporators? Well, it's sort of on a bit of hiatus right now. Well, not much. Well, the, I think the last official gig we played was August 19th, which was, or August 18th. It was called the Under the Volcano Festival, and it was, you know, Under the Volcano, Malcolm Lowry? Yeah, the, the, the novel about the drunk. He he grew up in, or he lived in North Vancouver. He squatted there. A lot of the novels written there. And Irwin Usindi, who inspired me to do all ages gigs when I was a young little child, he put on a gig called Under the Volcano. That was the last official, official all evaporators gig that I was playing and singing at. And I ran into the audience and I kicked a girl in the face and then she ended up throwing a ball at me. I didn't mean to kick her in the face like a big Henry Rollins type guy. I kicked her because I wasn't in good enough shape and I was trying to jump over her and she got offended and she tried to sick these dogs on me and I was trying to tackle them. So that was sort of the last Evaporators gigs. I'm still sort of recovering after that. And Dave, the guitarist for the Evaporators, is on tour right now with the Smugglers, Brent Bambury. Well, the Citizen Freak song that you do on, on, the, uh, on the, the Clown Chowder Big Max collection... Isn't that an old song? Isn't that what you're talking about that got you kicked out of the Junos that time you were kicked out? <laughs> that's, that's a song by the 49th Parallel, a rock and roll band called the 49th Parallel, who um, sort of metamorphosized into the Stampeders, or just had the same producer, Mel Shaw, who won the Walt Grealis Award at the Junos in 1991. And I was sort of asking Mel Shaw these questions after he won the Juno, after he won the Juno for the Juno Award, for the Juno Award, for the Juno... Anyways, the fact of the matter was, I was asking Mel a question about the 49th Parallel, and it turned out one of the guys in the 49th Parallel went on to develop Q Sound for Madonna. So this was an important aspect to examine, but the moderator at the Juno Awards didn't really want to hear anything about the 49th Parallel. I think that they were because you seemed to know so much about it. You know, you were asking all these questions, you already had the answer. Did you, you see the like videotape? Yeah, I did. I saw this. I've, I've seen Nardwar on video being removed and dragged from the Juno. Sorry, I have a hard time explaining. I guess it's, I guess it's sort of uh, in the past, like, because right now I'm sort of like really excited about the Monks. Ever heard of the Monks, Brent Bambury? Um, was that was that the band that said I sang I had drugs in my pocket and I don't know what to do with them? That could be. They're from Germany. 
I don't know. It could be some, they're, they're not not the popular, not the English monks, like from '79. This that is a, was the English monks. Okay, it's a different one. This is a group called the monks, and they're a bunch of American servicemen in the 1960s who were gathered in Germany, got together and got a band together called the monks, and they shaved their head and they had great songs like Pussy Galore, and not way before the name of the band. So I wonder if the band Pussy Galore got their name from the band of monks. And I learned all about the monks from Ugly Things fanzine, and I just love fanzines because Ugly Things fanzine, Kicks fanzine, Cryptic Times from uh, Kingston, Ontario, Feline Frenzy from Toronto, Ontario. All these bands tell you interesting stories, and the monks are just cool. This is servicemen in Germany doing the wildest punk rock ever. That's what I'm really excited about. But the Juno Wars, that was really fun and exciting. And if people out there in Radio Land, tying back to the smugglers, because Dave, the guitarist of the Evaporators, is also a guitarist in the smugglers, the smugglers are going to be playing in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma tonight. May tw is today May 20th? Uh, it's around there, yeah. Today's 20th. And they're going to be playing in Fort Smith, Arkansas the next day after that, Memphis, Tennessee, Athens, Georgia. Cape Fear, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., Hoboken, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, New Haven, Connecticut, the 4Gs in Allenstown, Pennsylvania, New York, New York, CBGBs, Albany, New York, Toronto. They're going to be playing Toronto June 1st at Sneaky D's. Montreal, the Fouffant Electric on uh, June 2nd. Kingston, Ontario, the, all these great places. So if you are on, out there in, um, where's the Brave New Waves reach, Brent Bambury? Well, you know, I don't know. I, we get we get stuff from all over the kind of northern American United States, but not not really much further down than New York. Uh, Australia? <laughs> I don't know. Dave Wisdom's always going on about some kind of. Uh, Are uh, you jealous of Dave Wisdom? No, of course not. Why would I be jealous? Because he has like Friday nights, and you only got the rest of the time. Hey, I've got Friday nights to myself. You do? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, I get, I, I get it. 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 But you've never got any weird. Like, so what, what's the weirdest letter you've ever got, Brent Bambury? Oh well, um, I, I can't talk about that on the air, really, because I mean, I'll just encourage. Do you get any letters from Dodie? Ever heard of Dodie before? I get letters from. I get letters from somebody named Dodie, yeah. Dodie, yeah, Dodie. Dodie is in the house. She's down with OPP. You know me. She likes Tim Dog. Yeah, Dodie. Everybody in Canada gets a letter from Dodie. Dodie is the best. What's your letters from Dodie like? Well, my letters from Dodie actually stem from the videotape. I sent her a copy to Nardwar, the Human Serviette videotape, and she saw a clip of Grant from the Smugglers and basically became very attached to Grant from the Smugglers. So I've been sort of been detached from the Dodie syndrome, but you can imagine that Grant has got full attached to the Dodie. <laughs> she came all the way from Toronto to come to a Fugazi gig that Nardwater Human Serviette presents and the Smugglers played at and saw it. So we ended up meeting up with Dodie out of the corner of my eye. There you are. This one's for you, Dodie. That's great. That's really nice of you. She told me, she, the last letter I got from her, she said she hasn't really been listening to the program that much. So I guess maybe uh, she's having too much fun with your friend from the Smugglers there, with Grant. Your phone fun. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my. Well, listen, how's your cat, Cleo? Cleopatra von Fufelstein, she loves earwax. She's really good. I love her. She's like so floofy. And like my mom went away for a little while and then Cleo came on my bed on her own will. I woke up and then she was there like right beside my leg. And it was like so warm. I love Cleo. She's usually pretty attached to your mom, you mean? Uh, well, because my mom feeds her. Well, she looks like she's pretty well fed too, Nardwar. Yeah, did you see Cleo eating a mouse? I saw a video of Cleo eating a mouse. And, and I, but I noticed that she seemed to have kind of a, a fat rear end. She, we, we do feed her very well with kitchen scraps. and whatnot. Actually, the other night, Cleo was lying on a bed, and she was like really shaking. Because you know like when people dream they have REM sleep and their eyes move all back and forth? Yeah. She was doing that, and I think she was dreaming about eating, and her mouth was moving up and down. And like her, she was shaking totally. So I went over, and I lifted her leg, and her leg dropped. She was like totally asleep. It was like excellent. I was like throwing her around. She was like totally asleep. Hopefully, there's nothing wrong with her. But yeah, Cleo, she's been, pre she's been pretty happy in these days. I really love her. 
I love my cat, Cleo. And I love you too, Brent Bambry. Thank you so much for having me on on your program. It's so excellent. I want to find out a little bit more about how you got to become the human serviette. Tell Tell me about how you got to know all the talented people that you know to put out a record like Clam Chowder versus Big Macs. Well, I guess it's, it's basically two things. It's one, I guess being president of the student council at Hillside Secondary School in West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, dean of Congress, I got to know a whole bunch of cool punk bands. I would go around a school asking people, what bands do they like at dances? And people would say, Grapes of Wrath, Poison, The Enigmas, The Villains, and we'd just go out and get them. I wasn't cool. I just phoned up and got them, and it was well, great. But you must have been cool to get elected in the first place. I mean, what, what, was, your, what was your campaign slogan? Well, one of them was, I got my friend Scott Livingston, who does all the artwork mm-hmm. on the Nardware albums, and also has a display right now at Emily Carr College of Art in Vancouver. Go down there. If you go to Emily Carr College of Art, ever heard of that before? Yeah. He has a, a little room Emily Carr is one of, one of uh, Pierre Burton's great Canadians. They're all tied all together here. <laughs> and if you go down to Emily Carr, you can see Scott's got a display in his Nardware airplane hanging there. Oh, yeah? And that was your, that was your campaign slogan, the Nardwire Airplane? The Nardwire, no, no, that wasn't. He just designed it. That was, I, just wanted, I just thought I'd say that. No, well, the first one actually was called Follow John after John Deaconbaker, and then Scott designed all these neat, like, surfing logos. So I looked like a total surfer, but really I was a teen zit loser, these neat posters, and it sort of progressed beyond that. And then eventually, so after being in high school, you know, getting into contact, people would go like, have you ever heard of Cheap Trick? Have you ever heard of the Beatles? I was like, no, all I know is, like, the Grapes of Wrath and the Young Canadians. That's all I really knew, because I only ended up getting a record playing grade 11. I got to UBC. My dad said, you are not to join any clubs, but I joined a club. And what club was that? What, what club did I join, do you think, Brent? The radio club. And what I radio station is UBC at? CITR. CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you out there, you listening out there in Radio Land, even if you're far away in Australia, and please, Australia, if you're there, Australia, if you're there, please write me. I'd love to talk to you in Australia. I joined CITR, and you can get everything all through CITR. You can do anything you want. Except, I'm wondering, I really want to interview Neil Young, Brent Bambry. Would it yeah. be possible for you to arrange that for me? Um, if I talk to Neil, I'll tell him that you're looking for him. But, but when I, look, I saw you interviewing Sonic Youth on your video, and they were saying, uh, Neil's over there, man. There goes Neil. There goes Neil. He's walking over there. And, I, and you didn't even look. You didn't even turn around. I, I guess I had to finish the segment that I was doing. They stole my cue cards, too, which was sort of my cue card. <gasps> my cue card. They, oh, they roughed you up pretty badly. It looked, they, I mean, it looked like a real kind of New York City rolling that was going on there. There was a fight. I became one, and afterwards, I, was, I showed up at the interview like, sorry, I forgot my tape recorder. It's okay if I videotape it. And after the interview, they said, listen, we want to copy that videotape. I said, I'm not going to give you a copy of that videotape unless you get me free into the gig. And eventually got me free into the gig. I mailed them a videotape and said, please, just write back to me. Just say you liked it or just say anything. Just say I'm an idiot, but please respond. You actually got the videotape, but they never write out. So if you're listening out there, Lee Ronaldo from number 14 or whatever, please write me back and just tell me what you think, and I'll mail you more money. Well, you did, now what was that record they destroyed? You, it looked like you had a collector's item seven-inch single to give to them. Well, correct. They just, they just ripped it out of your hand and, and, and ripped it into pieces. You see, I believe an- everything that I hear. Grant Lawrence of the rock and roll band The Smugglers told me that Sonic Youth were recording at Egg Studios in Seattle, Washington, that yeah. The Smugglers recorded at, and that the Young Fresh Fellows and Mudhoney recorded their last album at, too. So he had an inside scoop was going on. He told me that the Sonic Youth were recording a version of Charlie Brown... Or actually, not a version of... They were recording Charlie Brown. And how does Charlie Brown... You know, go? Charlie Brown, he's a clown. He's going to get... The p 5 fo fo fum I smell smoke. In the auditory. I thought they were recording that. So, I thought that was... And it turned out they were recording, I think, an Alice Cooper tribute. The Grant told me they were recording Charlie Brown. So I said, hmm, the... 
The rock and roll band Sonic Youth have been on tour with Neil Young. They like 60s Canadian and Northwest kitsch. There was a band called the Young Men who had a version of Charlie Brown called Charlie Browning, and it was, okay, let's go Washington, Charlie Browning. It was about a Washington Husky football player from 1959 set to the lyrics of the song Charlie Brown. How do you know this? How do you know about that? Just from learning. Like I, I met this guy called Ed Lasco from CITR, and he had this show on CITR called Red Hot and Blue. It was called Top of the Bottom. Mark Coulavan also does a show called Top. Do you know Mark Coulavan at all? No. He no. helped edit those Made in Canada volume one, two, three, and okay, four yeah, series. So he just told me about this interview. So I had this record, you know, this rare local obscurity. Here's a local teen band from 1959 doing a version of Charlie Browning. I want to show the Sonic Youth. They didn't get it. They just ripped up the record. And I was pretty mad after that. I would guess, yeah. And that was that was your little gift to them, and they were just so ungrateful. They didn't get it. Like they didn't get it. But it was all Grant. You know, he told me a lie. It was sort of like the time once my friend Steve. It, it looked like they knew that something great was happening to them while you were interviewing them, but they weren't quite sure what that was, Nardwar. I, I, I was, it, was, it was nice to be with them. I, I was just, just going to say I've been fooled. Like one time my friend Steve said, yeah, I got a remote control airplane. I'll fly it up to your sun deck. Just go out to your sun deck and watch for it. So I went out and waited for two hours and a remote control airplane <laughs> never came there. That's how I was sort of tricked. Um, okay, listen, how is it that you're out there in Vancouver, and I, I, you know, I looked at your video, there you are, you're palling around with Terry David Mulligan, right? That you're, was just once. You're being taken through Jim Pattison's home by the man himself, and he's show, showing you how the security works, right? That we were just trick-or-treating. You're, you're we went trick-or-treating at, at, at Loverboy's house? Yeah. It, it seems like you know, you know everybody out there, all the big stars in Vancouver, and I kept waiting for Brian Adams to pop up. Well, yeah, there has, there is a Brian Adams story, actually. Well, let's hear it. Well, it, 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 uh, it okay, well, what it was, you know the Gruesomes? You must remember the Gruesomes. Of uh, course I know the Gruesomes. And they're also on a new record, Quan Marsh Dans la Rue. Right. On the Clamp Charnice for the Big Max and Bombers record. They were in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, so we thought we'd take them by, we thought me and Grant Lawrence of The Smugglers thought we'd take them by Brian Adams' house. So, we pulled up in our big, we were going to bring him a Gruesomes record. We didn't have this on video, though, oh God, but it happened. Well, what about Katie Lang? I, I was over there. I was in Vancouver and I was like on Granville Island and suddenly I go, hey, there's Katie Lang. And, she went, and that was it. She was gone. She was just, she moved so fast on her feet. I don't really know too much about Katie Lang other than that, you know, she played at the Savoy, which now has turned into that, there's a folk club in, or some Orion's piano bar, the Savoy. That's all I know she played there and Janet Forsyth had something to do with that. So yeah. that's good though. Yeah. Well, okay. And, and I saw, I saw Katie Lang on Regis and Kathy Lee. That was cool. Yeah. That would be my dream to get on that show. Well, do you know who was on that, too? Is Sarah McLaughlin. She was on that. Yeah. She was on Regis and Kathy Lee as well. And maybe Mudhoney will be on Letterman. Do you think so, really? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, okay, so now tell me about your meeting with Pierre Burton. Well, it just simply went like this. Pierre Burton was in town promoting his, what's this show called, anyways? The Pierre Burton Show? What, oh, the Front Page Challenge. Front, Pierre Burton, maybe it was called the Pierre Burton Show at one time or another. And it, it turns out that Pierre Burton was an ex-member of CITR Radio. It wasn't called CITR Radio at that time. It was called Rad Sock. Right. Uh, yeah, Rad, the, the Television and Radio Society. As, as well, Rad, because he was radical. Pierre Burton was a member of Rad Sock, and so was John Turner. So I, I thought I'd arrange an interview with Pierre Burton. I phoned up the CBC, and they said, okay, we'll get him to call you. I thought, what? We'll get him to call you. Next thing you know, I'm sort of thinking, oh, he's never going to call. I'm sitting there uh, at CITR just eating my lunch, my salmon sandwich. Thank you, Mom, for eating it. Next thing you know, somebody yells, not what? There's a phone call some Pierre wants to speak to. I think Pierre Burton is, like, phoning to prearrange, not for the, not for the actual interview, but to prearrange. He goes, come on down to my hotel. Went down to his hotel, and it was great. Just and speaking to Pierre Burton right there in person. At the very end of the interview, he said, it's always great to speak to the old alma mater. But I mean, you know, you know it all. Like it's excellent. Like what I'm thinking right now, I'm speaking. 
speaking to you. Br or I'm speaking, well, Nardwar to Human Serviette, or Brent Bambury speaking to me, Nardwar to Human Serviette. This phone line is so crystal clear. I know. It's actually, it's not as crystal clear on this end, but I know it will be when it finally comes out. And when you talk to bands like Fugazi or Unrest, when yeah. they go into the studio for the crystal clear phone line, do they realize that they're getting a crystal clear phone line? I think sometimes they don't because sometimes they just get a, a phone line back. You see, sometimes my voice gets sent out to the other studios on phone and their voice gets sent back to me on, on a satellite. But you know what? I don't know, Nardwar. I don't know whether it's an actual line or whether they just use the word line to kind of e uh, emphasize the fact that it's somehow being sent back in a, in a beam. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it's a line or a beam when my voice comes back. Do the people like these bands you're interviewing, like Unrest, uh, Fugazi, I heard Bratmobile, I think Nadine did that interview. Nadine Jeleno, right. guest host. Is she your guest host? Yeah. And I saw her on Much host. Music the other day. Did you see her then? No, what was she doing there? She was just walking the street and Steve Anthony cornered her and started talking to her. So hello, did Nadine. Do you know who she was? And I think it might have been all set up, actually, oh, I, I heard later on. Oh, really? But it was like, wow, there's Nadine, guest host. Anyways, like, she was interviewing Bratmobile. Did, like, did the bands realize that this is like the CBC's a big multinational giant cor you know, corporation or getting their voice going across Canada to think it's some hokey little thing? Uh, well, I it depends on whether I'm talking to them or Arthur Black, you know? Oh, okay. I mean, if, it's, if it's me, then they know it's a big thing. If it's Arthur, they think it's some hokey little thing. But do they have any idea about the Canada thing? Or do they think, oh, some guy from Canada from wants to do an interview? Oh, I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean... I, I really, I guess most of them know that 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 there's some there's some cool people in Canada because a lot of them tour up here, right? I mean, you brought Fugazi up. Because like you know? I was saying, like if Fugazi, did you interview Fugazi from the Washington D.C. studios? Yeah. Because like imagine here, hello Ian Fugazi, you gotta get an, do an interview on the CBC. I want you to go. Uh, you have to show up. So you have to go to this building in Washington D.C. This thing, they probably go into this huge, giant, scary building that the CBC has at offices. Walk in, and Fugazi probably think they're gonna get like interrogated for doing something wrong, and then they'll come and be like nice warmth of Brent Bambury. I don't know what the, I mean, I, I don't know what the, what were your preconceptions? I mean, you've, have you been in the CBC building before in Vancouver? Yeah, I once, I was here once trying out for that show Pilot One. What were you going to do for Pilot One? Were you going to be one of the interviewers or something? I really wanted to be, I wanted to be like uh, the person that was chosen, but I wasn't. I didn't even make it on the little shortlist. I showed up there with a total glitzy sort of outfit of the video camera. I went down there and I just told them my life story. But it didn't work. Well, they were at looking all. for the cool model look. I and they ended up getting. That, they yeah. actually ended up did cho chose choosing Paula Spur, who was an ex-CITR DJ, who became an ex-CITR DJ, and is now on Coast 1040. The Spirit of Radio featured David Marsden. Hello, David Marsden. Hello, Jamie Afton. And hello also to Scooter and Bryce of CITR. Jamie from CJSW. James from CJSW. And Paul Hughes, who does great all ages gigs in Calgary. Nardwar, when when you interview people, let me ask you about your style okay when you interview people i was really shocked when i looked at your video and ernest ainsley told you that he hoped that god strikes you dead i was just i couldn't believe that ernest ainsley is that his name ernest, er, ernest ainsley have you ever heard of him before yeah he's a he's a, a big time evangelist and there you were and you get you were trying, trying to, to give him, him a, a lucky nice chestnut yeah that your grandmother gave you and he hoped that god strikes you dead i mean you must have been shocked by that i was scared too but i was cured of cancer earlier so i felt a bit better from that <laughs> But still, I mean, I, I guess the power of God was just kind of in that room, must have been kind of uh, uh, intimidating. He was like a really nice guy, beautiful, and then suddenly he just got pretty mad, I think. Oh, wow, yeah. Gerald Ford didn't, though. Gerald Ford, I mean, you, he, he, was, he was surprised that you would say something nasty about Canada, like that, that we were all a nation of clam chowder eaters. And then he made a mistake when he was talking back to me. What, what did he say? Uh, he said in this, uh, something like he got Canada and U.S. mixed up. And then afterwards, I tried to give him a lucky chestnut, but his security guards didn't really want 
Gerald Ford to get a special lucky chestnut no. from Nardwar to Human Serviette. That was all at the Hotel Vancouver. Again, all organized through CITR Radio. I think it was like the social credit party had flew him in to talk about free trade or something like that. This showed up, and there was Gerald Ford there. But when Ernest Angley um, cured you of cancer and you fell down on the, on the ground there, you know, when he, when, he, yep. when he put his hands on you, you fell on the ground. Well, did, did it really, was it really the, the force of what he did to you that made you fall, or did you just think you had to fall because everyone else was? I was watching the program, and I knew the line. I knew exactly what I had to do. Uh, so, yeah, so what would have happened, do you think, if you hadn't have fallen down? I think he would have got mad, actually. Actually, if some people didn't fall down if they're really old, so I guess he would have thought I was crippled or something like that, or an idiot, which yeah. I am. <laughs> Okay, well, Nardwar, what's the most exciting thing happening in your musical life right now? Well, I'm, I'm excited. That I am, I, I, I'm sort of jealous and excited the rock and roll band, the Smugglers, who are now leaving the Nardwar label. The Smugglers are leaving the Nardwar to Human Survival label. Are they label. too big for you? Well, they're going to Papalama Records in Seattle, Washington. Well, so they can still be on your label, too, can't they? Well, may, maybe, but they're leaving, and I get no pointage, pointage system. Like, I'm not going to make any money off them like Sub Pop did out. Nirvana. I'm not going to get like three points for record, nothing. No contracts, no nothing. But I'm, I think I'm really excited, Brent, that, you know, on, 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 on May 21st, the Smugglers are playing Fort Smith, Arkansas. That is my dream of my life, to be able to go to Fort Smith, Arkansas and play at the club, the center of the world, it's called. That was, that's what's, you know, pretty exciting. Well, listen, let's listen to another track. Let's listen to something from the America side, okay? Of Clamp Chowder and Ice and Big Macs and Bombers. Clamp Chowder and Ice and Big Macs and Bombers. A yeah. Canada versus USA battle bands. And by the way, when you buy the record, there's a little form you can fill out. You can vote for each one side or the other. Have you voted yet, Brent? I, I haven't voted yet, but if I did vote, I don't think I'd tell you who I vote for. And, and the votes are now 13 for Canada, 11 for US. So Canada <laughs> is beating the US. And we have had videos, uh, we have had votes and videos all the way from Holland and Japan. Wow. But the guy from Japan probably voted because he probably bought the record in Vancouver. You but know, it's sort of like. I don't even know what the hell he was filling out at all in Nardwar. He just thought he had to send it but back. It's to Canada the, there would be a warranty on the record or something. It's right? Canada 13, USA 11. So maybe the listeners out there in um, CBC line can listen to this song and tell me on listening to this if they would vote for the USA. Okay, okay. Let's, let's take something from the USA side. You know, you know what band I really love a lot? What's that? The Squirrels. The, the Squirrels from Seattle, Washington. I think the Squirrels are one of the greatest bands in the world. They're, they, they open up for the village people on one gig. And they opened up for Sweet, too. It was Sweet, the village people, and the squirrels. It was just too much. Did the squirrels do any covers? Uh, they do all covers. The whole squirrels thing is just covers. Led by the Rob Morgan, who used to party with Chrissy Hind and Iggy Pop as they came through Seattle. I think Iggy Pop had a really... Uh, also, Blondie really had an attraction to Seattle. She loved Seattle. Well, there you go. Just like the band Green Day, you know, Green Day from San Francisco, they really love Victoria. And well, maybe we'll talk about this after. But <laughs> all right, all uh, right. Let's get squirrely, okay? Okay. This is this is from Clam Chowder and Ice versus Big Macs and Bombers. It's the Squirrels. It's called Betsy. <laughs>
from the America side of the Big Macs and Bombers, and that's called Betsy and Nardwar, the human serviette, is my guest tonight in our Vancouver studio. So, Nardwar, I'd vote for the America side based on that. Thank you. Okay, well, then we'll raise it. It's USA 12, Canada 13. So I don't have to send in my card or anything? Uh, I'll, re- I'll, I'll register it down. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll, it up I'll, just for that. I'll give my card to somebody else the station. So somebody from Canada better vote again to make sure that we maintain that two-point lead. So, Nardwar, what's this in the video of you getting spat upon by all those people? Well, um, each Nardwar to Human Serviette gig, and there actually hasn't been one since the Moodyville Moo Moo with Fugazi that was on August 19th. It was a Moodyville Moo Moo featuring Fugazi, the Fastbacks, Mima Morgenthaler, the Smugglers, and Ten Feet Tall. With, with each gig, I try to give it a name and have you know, a little program guide or neat poster. I think we spent $600 on the posters for Fugazi, but <laughs> don't tell that to m- Mr. Ian. And at one of the gigs, uh, it was called Woe Dad, Nardwar the Human Serviette Presents Mud Honey. It was Mud Honey, Beat Happening, The Smugglers and Evaporators. And so it was time for Mud Honey. You know, I got up there on stage, and I want to explain a little gag I have. I, s- I gave out at a gig before that called... Um, I think it was organized and Don Juan's fried carrots before that. I gave everybody a penny. I said, if you bring that penny back to the next Nardwar to Human Serviette gig, Nardwar to Human Serviette will give you a... Nickel. And if you bring that nickel back to the next Nardwar to Human Serviette gig, Nardwar to Human Serviette will give you a... Dollar. A dime. Okay. And it went up and up and up and then a quarter. So I was trying to explain this to all these kids. I've given these kids all these pennies to come to their first Nardwar to Human Serviette gig. Because I think there were some people that went, I think I'm going to go see Mud Honey because uh, Mud Honey is sort of like Soundgarden and Soundgarden is sort of like Led Zeppelin. So there were some people that may not have, you know, understand the Nardwarism. So I was trying to explain, you know, you hand in this penny, you get a nickel. You hand in this nickel, you get a dime. People were going, Nardwar, I hate you, you're a you. And I was like, okay, you want to, uh, okay, everybody spit on me. And I still have a cold to this very day. So I was trying to explain them the Nardwar thing. And the Nardwar thing is like, I love all ages gigs. And I also like, you know, I'm, in, I'm excited when I see so much product coming out of Vancouver. Product, industry term. Yeah. Like new records, like there's Final Notice Records, mm-hmm. who put out the Flake Camp single. Yeah. Who yeah. you guys just had in the studio there. I know, they the Brave New Wave se- session. They did a session. And there was a mint. There's Mint Records from Vancouver put out the Tank Hog and put out the Windwalker. There's Zulu Records who have done. All, they're coming up. They're going to be releasing a band called the Perfume Tree and Coal. And they've been around for years, Nardwar. Zulu Records, right? Sure. But I mean, and there's Chikara Records as well who've done some stuff. There's Way Out Records from Victoria who did the Blobs and the Squirrels appear on one of the Blobs. You know, doing a th- doing version do of the Hustle. D- yeah, doing and one Terry Terry Jacks who right. lives in Vancouver. Seasons in, Seasons the, in sun. the Sun. So there's tons of cool record labels that are starting up in Vancouver. It used to be before that there was. Nothing, but now there's tons happening, and that brings us to another point, Brent Bambury. You know, like it, it, it's cool to be there, but all this stuff has been preserved, hasn't it? Like, what is the earliest Brave New Wave session that has occurred? The first Brave New Wave session was done in 1988. Well, I mean, it depends. It or depends. even before that, if you went in the C- if you went in the CITR CBC archives, what could you find? Could you find early tapes of the Subhumans? Could you find early versions of the Haunted from Montreal doing one, two, five? Oh, I think the archives are kind of. Like, it's really messy in there. I mean, I don't know. I, well, hire sure me! I'll <laughs> go through it! <laughs> it's because, like, it'd be cool to access all this stuff. I also volunteer for Soundproof, a local video show, one of the first ones in Canada. And I went there last night, and I look, and they have this big, thick video reel from 1968, and I really, really want to see that. There's tons of that stuff in the CBCs. It's waiting. Like, you know that band, The Haunted? Ever heard of them? And they're from, yeah, you know, from Montreal? Sure. Of course. It, on one of the liner notes for one of their albums, it says The Haunted appear on a CBC show called After Eight. It's there, it's on TV, The Haunted playing live, but I've never seen 
seen any pictures of that. Well, Please. Where did, you get the, where did you get the video of Caesar and his Romains? Or Caesar et ses Romains? That was actually from a bootleg trader, but that is one of the most, that is the greatest rock video of all time. Would you not agree, Ben Brambury of it's, CBC it's, Brave it's, New Waves? It's great. It's a French rock band doing a version of Splish Splash. I was taken aback. And they're completely lip syncing. They're wearing togas, Caesar et ses Romains. They're not even hitting the drums. They have sawed off fenders. And that has been used to help bribe. Like, I gave that to the gruesomes and it helped, it bribed them into giving me a song, gave that to Mud Honey, and they bribed me into giving a song for the record. So that really has helped so much. Thank you, Caesar at Sarah Month. But, you know, clips like that would be great for people to just get out there and so people could, you know, examine it. But, of course, you can get it all through the Nardwar to Human Serviette video offer, which the video that you got, Ben Bambury, you know, it has all that crazy stuff, you know, Mickey Dolan's Jello Biafra, all that garbage. You can order it from me, too, for like $10 postpaid or exchange your life story for my life story. Well, uh, my life story is not on video yet. But, but if you come to Montreal, I'll, I'll, I'll get you to make one for me, okay? Uh, Neil Young's, uh, I, I will. Or just even other clips. Like, you must have good interview outtakes. But that Neil Young, do you have any good interview outtakes, Neil, um, Neil Young, Neil Brent Bambury? Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple not bad ones. You should, I mean, a couple of the Sonic Youth interviews that I did were pretty good, Nardwar. Has I anybody mean, ever confused you like Brent Bambury, Ray Bradbury? <laughs> no, has anyone ever confused you, Nardwar, with Harlan Ellison? Harlan, Harlan Ellison, yeah, he, um, he's coming to Vancouver, but I asked him if he likes space in 1999, and he didn't really have too much to say after uh, that. Oh, really? <laughs> the, the, and do, do, you, do you also know of that, that Neil Young interview, Brent Bambury, can you get that for me? Because, you know, he was in a band called The Squires, right, in 1963. Yep. His early punk rock band was called The Squires, and there's a whole book called Neil Young and the Squires by John Ironson that has just been writing. It's just fascinating. Yeah, but you've got to understand now where, I mean, there are people who spend months and months chasing Neil Young trying to get an interview. You know I mean? It, it's, a per, it's a professional... Kim Clark Chapman said an interview, but did he ask about The Squires? I don't think so. Wait, isn't Kim Clark Chapman, he's kind of like the Robin Leach of much music. I he? think Kim Clark Chapman, I've two back track of Kim Clark Chapman, is I think Kim Clark Chapman's graduated from Hillside Secondary School, West Vancouver, the very one I went to. I think so. I've heard this as a rumor. He also was an early manager of the band, The Fourth Floor from Vancouver, who put out a vinyl 12 inch. You were in my class, so I sort of have some links to him now. Yeah, and he put out some kind of a dance single a couple years ago as well. He's always been associated. He's pretty cool. He's been associated with that, I guess, helping out guys from my high school. But no Neil Young interview then, eh? So now let me ask you a question. Are you jealous of Dave Wisdom? Am I jealous of Dave Wisdom? Uh, 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 yeah, I am! I want to be on the radio! <laughs> I mean, like, I'm here in the CBC studio, and, like, there's Christian over there, like, my own operator and another person from The Beat. Have you ever heard of The Beat before? Yeah, the new, oh, there's, sure. There's Leora over there from The Beat, one of the writers for The Beat. And, like, when they she talks, she have, have writers for The Beat, and, like, she, like, uh, like she showed me, like, they can interview anybody. She can interview Mickey Dolan's on one of those crystal clear phone lines. She can interview Led Zeppelin managers, all those crystal clear, clear phone lines. And I learned, like, right now, I'm sitting in a chair now. It's not this chair, but the chair beside me in the other room was where Mick Jagger sat in at the CBC. So the CBC has access to all this stuff. So of course I'd love to have you know, access to all these legitimate rock stars and even unlegitimate ones because I'm interested even in people that have nothing to say like Johnny Freedom talking about anything you make out of cotton, you can make out of hemp. <laughs> so it's not just a call to the celebrity. It's just also learning about stuff like, you know the band, ever heard of the band Dead Moon, Brent Bambury? Yep. You know how they started out? They was st uh, it was Fred Cole. He started rocking and rolling, I think, in the early 1960s. He was in a band called The Weeds, and then it became the band of Lollipop Shop. Then he was in some Zep tribute band called called, I don't even know what it was called. Then it was in a, a punk band called The Rats, and now he's in Dead Moon. So he's like progressed. He was a 60s punk and he's a 90s punk. He's kept true to what's going on. And he has, all his records are pressed on the original mastering press, record presser that mastered the original Louie Louie record. Hey, Nerdwar, Nerdwar. Yeah. That, 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 that. That's it? <laughs> That's 
No, no more, no more. Da, 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 da. Doo, doo. Okay, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's, that's not it. I just wanted to. I want to introduce a little clip from your radio show. Okay. Oh, that. Okay. This is a phone in, right? Okay, but you're tricky, Ben Bambury. Do, do you always get phone? Do you always get phone calls during your show? Well, sometimes like. We don't get any, and sometimes we get a lot. We did have the Degrassi kids on recently on my radio show. I was so honored. Spike really is a true punk rock girl. I told her that, you know that Unrest single? Yeah. Um, it says, Which produced, one? Uh, the, Yes, she is my skinhead girl. That oh, is, yeah. That is Spike, and on the back it says, produced by Calvin at Degrassi High. I showed it to them, and they never knew that. I was going, listen, who cares about Dinosaur Jr.? You should like Unrest. I had them on the show, and the phone lines were just completely jammed in there, and like people are phoning in, Spike, I want to know how long you, you've dyed your hair. And he said, eight years, and then the caller went, holy shit. So it was like really cool. So have been jammed sometimes, but this was an interesting kid, actually, okay, I would well say. Let's listen to this. this, is, this is, what, what's your show called, Nerdware? It's the Nerdware to Human Serviette Show. It's on CITR between 3.30 and 4, Pacific Standard Time, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, 101.9 okay. FM, phone 822-2487, area code 604. I'll interview anybody. All right, listen to this. Are you there? Yeah. Do you have a, qu a complaint? Yeah, I had a complaint that they don't play enough rap music on the radio, man, in Vancouver. When you go down to the States, you know, you hear so much. You hear, like, you real feel real funky and everything. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's my complaint. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much. Is this on the, uh, am I on the air? Yeah, you're still on the air. We're going to keep you on the air for about the next 24 hours. You won't be able to use your phone. We're going to be tapped right into you for about the next day or so, so. Uh-huh. Yep. What would you say to this rapper? What would I say to this guy? Scott, this is complaint. Well, you ever offer, like, on the complaint department, do you oh. offer solutions? No, I can't, I can't offer a solution to rap music. How can I? Uh, all I can say is, yes, they have more rap music in the States, but they also got more crack houses. There, uh, they've got more of that. They, they also have better, um, better chips, much better potato chips in the States. So it's cross-border radio listening that's going on there. Hey, caller, the best way to hear rap music on the radio is to join CITR Radio and have your own show and play your own rap music. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Do do Hey, you know what? What? I is it true that, like, I'm using the phone right now, you know? That's it. That is very true. You are using the phone. Exactly. Yeah, and um, I was just thinking, you know, while I was using the phone, uh -huh. that, uh, like the stuff that we're talking about, right? That's right, yeah. When, when I uh, hang up, I won't be on the air anymore, right? Yeah, that's the theory. Uh-huh. Is Banff hearing this? No, oh, Banff is gone. Hey, oh, good, okay, thank God. Caller, do-do-loo-do. Caller. Yeah. Do-do-loo-do. What's that? Do it's rap. Do-do-loo-do. Who's this? Nardwar. <laughs> do-do-loo-do. Do-do-loo-do. For the love of God, say do-do. Colors. Do-do-loo-do. What does that mean? Color. Do-do-loo-do. Say do-do. Just say do-do, please. Do-do-loo-do? No. Do-do-loo-do. Do-do. Just say do-do. Exactly. Do-do-loo-do. Do-do-loo-do. No. Do-do-loo-do. Is this close to the Oh, you gotta go. Do-do. Do-do-loo-do. Yeah, um, I gotta go now. No, I want you to say that! Do-do-loo-do! Do-do-loo-do? No! I want you to say do-do! Do-do-loo-do! Do-do-loo-do? No! Say do-do! Just say do-do! Do-do! Exactly! No, not yet! Do-do-loo-do! Do-do-loo-do? 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 Do-do-loo-do?
Sound like something from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, just when the you know ships coming down trying to communicate with the aliens. He's a valuable CITR listener. Exactly. Well, he finally got it, Nerdware. He finally figured it out, huh? He did, and I was a little help with Ian Boothby from. I was having it was a show called Vancouver in Vancouver called Complaint Department, a local cable TV show, and he was on my show taking complaints. Well, and so he was like the other voice there. That you were going to explode if, if if he didn't figure it out. I mean, it really there was a. It sounded like everyone else in the studio wanted that kid so badly to succeed. Other people have called the kid the rap kid because he loved rap but i love rap and i love the new rapper called tim dog because he has ever heard of tim dog before nope, nope, he has nope. a song called fuck camp compton because this song goes yeah yeah he's like the hardest rocking guy and like there's tons of other cool things across canada sorry i'm sort of like taking this opportunity to tell us stuff but i'm really excited i've heard there's an all-female 60s garage band from radium bc called the ghouls any leads on that no no or maybe from people radio there's are, were there any punks in alaska probably of course. And most importantly, are there any solid vacuum tube boards for sale? And most importantly of all, where do you buy your clothes? Uh, I just at different garage sales and stuff. Or friends give it to me. Like a friend gave me these roller skates that under uh, these clogs that you pop them up and roller skates pop up. You can s skate around on them. Or glitzy stuff that my mom makes. Or just look anywhere. I'm really looking for some really, really neat clothes. I'm looking for, you know, like when... Hey, Narwar, Narwar, listen, listen. I, 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 I'm sorry, but this is for real. For real this time, I got to say... Dot, 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 dot. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Brent Brambury. I must say, Canada, you don't realize I'm not sucking up to this guy. I'm saying I can sit in my room and hear Brent Brambury, and that's exciting, and a crystal clear phone line. And it was a pleasure to speak to you. I, I, I mean, Brent Brambury, Australia. So, right, not where are you in Serviette? PO Box 27021, 1395 Marine Drive, West Vancouver, BC, V7T2X8, Canada. Phone, area code 604 822 317. If you want to be on the Nardwari Human Serviette show, it's great, it's fun, it's exciting, and it's CBC Radio. At its best. This is CBC. I'm sitting in the same chair it possibly like like Pat Carney sat in, so that's exciting. Narwar, stay out of trouble, okay? Uh, thanks so much, Brent, and keep on rocking in the free world. Doot doo loot doo. Doot doot. And you're still listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. That was Nardwar versus Nardwar, kind of, from May 19th, 1992, with Brent Bambury doing the moderation. Nardwar versus Nardwar. A bit of history of the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. 